0: We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
1: Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell.
2: I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. We're in the midst of a series titled How to Have Unexpected Income by John Walcott Adams. Uh, Well, actually, the name of the series is How to Have Unexpected Income, based upon the book of the same title by John Walcott Adams. And this is a, a good Easy read, you know, but it goes right to the point and it stays true to what it's seeking to do. To learn how to develop a consciousness of prosperity, to stay in a consciousness, a universal flow, to be in the space of understanding uh, that God is the source of our supply. Now, what? before we actually get started, I'm going to read the prayer treatment that this book is based upon. Or in my book is page 20 and 21, just to remind you that this book is really an explanation of this prayer treatment. And it states, I believe God is a source of all supply and money is God in action and should be used for good. I believe my good is now freely flowing to me so bountifully I cannot use it all. And I have an abundance to spare and share today and always. I am expecting unexpected income. I believe God is giving to me now, and I accept this as truth and give thanks. All channels of financial supply are open to me now, and I am richly, bountifully, and beautifully prospered in every good way. I believe true prosperity includes the demonstration of right living conditions, right activity, and genuine happiness. This word which I speak in faith believing activates the law of increase. Universal good for me, and I expect to see rich results now. I visualize the good I expect. I see it coming to me now, richly and abundantly. I claim and accept it for myself now. I am grateful in advance. I bless all the good I have now, and I bless the increase. I bless all others who are using this prayer treatment for unexpected income. I know we are all prospering together in every good way And we share the good we receive I now freely give my tenth to God's good work My giving makes me rich God gives to me rich, lavish, happy financial blessings now This is so now I am grateful Thank you, Father So, this book is again... Is based upon this prayer and understanding the prayer and the usage of this prayer. And if you've listened to the first, I think three podcasts on the show, I went into good detail explaining the fundamentals, the first few chapters, etc. So what we're going to continue to do is work through the chapters until we finish the book. And my only request—well, I have two requests. My first request is that you get the book. So you can study it for yourself. Um, I'm sure you can go on Amazon.com or if you're at Christ Universal Temple, I believe they have some in the bookstore. Or you can go to John Wolcott Adams' uh, website. I believe it's uh, Golden Key Ministries or something like that. Um, But you can obviously Google his name and order the book. The second thing is do the prayer treatment. Do the prayer treatment at least twice a day, every morning, every evening. I would say be systematic with it, you know, as much as you possibly can. You know, if it's three, four or five times a day, whatever you need to shift in consciousness so you can do, be and have what you want and what you desire. Now, I read this definition before, but I'm going to read it again because um, I think it's necessary This was from Eric Butterworth, Spiritual Economics. And I read this in either the first or second show on this series. But I want to read it again because I think it's important, these two definitions. The first one is, things, uh, excuse me, prosperity is not just having things. It is the consciousness that attracts the things. Again, prosperity is not just having things. It is the consciousness that attracts the things. This sets up us understanding what prosperity is and isn't. You know, it's the consciousness that attracts the thing, not the effect. It's the cause. Then he goes on to say, again, this is from Spiritual Economics by Eric Butterworth. Prosperity is a way of living and thinking and not just money or things. Poverty is a way of living and thinking and not just a lack of money or things. And this just kind of gets us in the space that we need to be in for us to understand what we're really dealing with, what we're really tackling today. We're talking about a way of living and thinking. A way of living and thinking. Can I live? Can I think? Can I function as a being in the awareness of God as prosperity in my life? Now, we might think of God as prosperity, but God as prosperity in my life, God as abundance in my life, God as unexpected income, money in my life that matters so let's be very present to that all right so getting to the book and i just want to remind you that you can always call into the show at 888-558-6489 888-558-6489 to ask the questions take advantage of the opportunity and your question might help a lot of different people this show goes all over the place so you don't know who might be listening, and when you ask the question, they might be thinking the same thing, or your question might inspire somebody else to think about something differently, or it might uh it might push or allow something to emerge from me as an answer that I didn't think of before you asked the question so anyway, eight 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 five five eight six four eight nine. And so on page 37 or the beginning of chapter six in my book of how to have unexpected income, he's still breaking down the prayer, which we started last week. I believe God is the source of all supply and money is God in action and should be used for good. So he starts off by stating, first of all, what you believe is of utmost importance because it has everything to do with what manifests in your life. So he deals with beliefs right off the bat because a belief is, Again, it's what you accept is true. I say this over and over again on the show. A belief is what you accept is true. It doesn't have to be true, but you accept it as a truth. I accept it as a truth. Therefore, I function as as a, a mental and physical being around this assumption. It says, therefore, it is essential that you believe that God is the source of all supply and in particular your supply. This is key. God is the source of all supply, but in particular, again, for me, my supply. I need to be aware that God is abundance as me. So moving on, it says, if you want to demonstrate abundance, you must acknowledge God as the one and only source. So, you know, this is what's interesting because sometimes humanly it's easy to look at other things and get caught up in, um, you know, as he states in the book, the jobs, the government, securities, other avenues that are not the source but only channels through which financial supply manifests. Why do we do that? Because it's easy to do. They're tangible, physical, Um, you know, you can pick up the phone, you can go online and and check and qualify, or you can go and trade in ideas for money, or time and skill for money, et cetera, at a job or your business. But when you start talking about dealing with spirit and start talking about dealing with things of the mind, it's... You're dealing with abstracts now. And sometimes we don't see that this outer blessing, this outer avenue of abundance is only a channel, not the source. Channels can change. Conduits of good can change. Outlets of good can change. But God and only God is the source. Therefore, when we understand that God is the source of our supply, then that gives us the confidence to make the decisions and choices that we need to make. And also allows us to realize that we can have multiple streams of income, but God is still the source of all the streams. When we don't do that, um, he talks about on page 38, he says, if we if we don't view God as the one source, he says, you may severely limit your supply, if you look only to channels instead of to God, the source. Now, he didn't say limit. He said severely limit. And the word severely really stood out to me. You may severely limit your supply. When I'm looking at this, this particular avenue as the source of my supply, instead of realizing that it's a stream, it's a channel, it's a conduit through which supply expresses in my life as me part of this is going back and doing your own inner work going back and doing your own inner work over and over again doing your prayer work doing your meditation work he's going to be talking about that in the book over and over again on the next page we have to be mindful we have to condition the mind for prosperity Again, Napoleon Hill, and I think I said this before on the show, but I teach so much in so many different ways and places that I may or may not have said it on the show, that most people are not born with a prosperity consciousness, or, or excuse me, are not raised in a prosperity consciousness, because unless they were born into some level of opulence, you know, wealth, etc. therefore, you have to be highly condemned intentional about creating a prosperity consciousness, if that's not how you were conditioned to think, the default is to start to think in lack and limitation. And you have to be very honest with yourself to say, I have to condition my mind to see good, to see prosperity, to see abundance, and believe that I deserve it that I deserve it. That's one of the things you have to really play with your mind because when you start thinking about, um, what you deserve or don't deserve, this is not an ego thing. Like, you know, I, you know, why people, uh, go off and, and, you know, you know, don't take care of their business or something like that because they've they get into the I deserve space, meaning responsibilities, bills. But getting from the standpoint of understanding, if you really believe that you deserve good, then that creates the consciousness that allows you to start putting a uh, more of a demand on your mind and on your life to produce the experience you desire. H.M. Lee Katie talks about in, in Lessons in Truth. That supply comes from the demand. And if there's no demand, there's no supply. Because people say, well, you know, if God is all his good, how come I'm not expressing it in my life? Well, the demand mentally opens the floodgates. The demand mentally helps you become aware. The demand mentally aligns you with the good that already is. but you have to have some level of mentality that can that can expect the blessing expect it and part of expecting is realizing that you deserve it why do you deserve it because you said so. Now I could give you all those nice spiritual reasons like, you know, you're a child of God and and God wants you to have it and and uh, you know, prosperity is your birthright and all that stuff would be good and great. But how about because you want it? Stop giving up your right to your blessings to anyone or anything or any concept because I want it. Now that's a that's a step a master has to take you might not want to play in that in that pool or the deep end of the pool yet so let's just back up and say you know because I'm a child of God and we'll just go forward from there because I don't want see the, the thing about it is when you say because I want it that from a low level of consciousness and and allowing that to be ego driven can create mess from a consciousness of uh, of mastery from a consciousness of spirituality you've already dealt with all of those um lower impulses so you're not dealing with this from a selfish egotistical standpoint it's only because i as a spiritual being through my belief system can form and shape that which i desire into my experience Because if you function at the mastery level, you already have wisdom guiding your your, your decision. You're already a functioning and understanding. You're already functioning from love. You already have a sense of peace. Well, so sometimes when statements are made like what I've just said, it's based upon the assumption of the stage. But if you're not in that stage, let's just get back to, you know, I'm following God's will I'm a child of God. I deserve to be prospered. All that stuff, good and gravy. All right, moving on. The book goes on to talk about a young man who, who was learning about prosperous living and thinking, and he was given a book after he was laid off. On the bottom of page 38, he says, "Thus, the young man learned to go directly to the source." Through prayer and meditation. So we need, just need to stop there. He read the book, but the book taught him to go directly to the source. How do you go directly through, to the source? Through prayer and meditation. That's the key. How do I go directly to the source? Through my own inner spiritual work. My prayer, my meditation, my sitting in the silence, etc. Things that that shift my attention from the outer to within so I can start contemplating and communing with my true spiritual nature. All right. Then he uh, goes on to say, moreover, he learned that God is a very loving, all providing presence, always with him, ready to give him what he what desires, because desire is the impulse of spirit. Now, therefore, he started to affirm God is my source. Therefore, My supply is where I am, and I am always abundantly provided for. God is my source, therefore my supply is where I am. He didn't have to go to supply. Supply is where I am, and I am always abundantly provided for. Just think about what it would mean if you could really grasp And know this one statement, God is my source, therefore my supply is where I am, and I'm always abundantly provided for. That's a shift, to say the least. That's a shift. All right, so we're coming up on our first break. So before we go on our first break, let me remind you that this show along with all the shows on Unity Online Radio are supported by your donation. So as you freely give, please freely receive. Go to the uh, website, unity.fm, and click on the donate button Help support this online ministry. Just a reminder that this show has a Facebook page, Truth Transforms, with uh, Reverend Galen McDowell. Go on the page, like it, share it with share the post with other people. Uh, I put stuff on there that I think can help support what we're doing on the show online. This is just a reminder that if you're in the Chicagoland area, please stop by, check out Christ Universal Temple. We'll treat you right. Uh, You'll hear powerful lessons and all that you need to hear and work with. So with that, we're going to take our first break, and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms.
0: Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics.
3: I'm Dr. Tom Shepard, host of Let's Talk About It on Unity Online Radio. In my studies of world religions, I've repeatedly encountered two central spiritual questions. How do we make sense of life, and how do we live it more successfully? You're invited to explore these two questions with me in my new book, The Many Faces of Prayer, How the Human Family Meets Its Spiritual Needs. You'll be amazed at the remarkable ways people have learned to pray to their gods and to celebrate life individually and as communities of faith. Learn more at unitybooks.org.
0: Every moment we live can be holy, and all we need to do to experience that state is to make the decision to do so. Everything we do can be a prayer, and by using our innate creativity with intention, in every aspect of our lives, that can indeed be true. Author Carla Cannon wrote, Creativity is so much more than art-making. It is a tool for navigating through everyday experiences to find the sacred in each God-given moment. Discover Creative Spirit. Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time and experience the joy of connecting to spirit through creative expression.
1: you for tuning in to truth transforms now here's your host reverend galen mcdowell
2: welcome back to truth transforms um again we're in the midst of teaching chapter six of how to have unexpected income so going back to page 39 and again talking about the story that the, the young man worked with, talking about his prayer and meditation, etc., the things he needed to do. He also says on page thirty nine that he made an agreement with God to faithfully give back at least ten percent of all that he received. Again, understanding that the process of giving, the process of tithing, is working with the understanding that that your resources don't run out. You know, it's you know when people are afraid, that's when they stop giving. Because they don't think they have anything to give Or they have very little to give And you have to work with that belief system That God is my source Therefore my supply is wherever I am And I'm always abundantly provided for Having that belief And that you have to cultivate it You have to work with it Moving on It says on page 40 Through affirmative prayer And his belief in God as the source of his supply uh, He went on to create a satisfying life for himself including a lovely, supportive wife, children, and the home of their dreams. So he started with, I got laid off. Somebody gave me a book on prosperous thinking, working the principle, and then but through the application of working the principle, especially with affirmative prayer, his, again, meditation, getting still, getting clear, shifting his beliefs, living in a new paradigm, creating a new context, he was able to work it. So the author goes on to say money is God in action. And actually this statement comes from um a booklet that was written by a religious science minister named uh he his name was Raymond Charles Barker. It's a little booklet, it's actually pretty powerful. And, you know, the paraphrase um uh Reverend Barker when he would say prosperity is doing what you want to do, when you want to do it, how you wanna do it, with who you wanna do it with Having that concept because he just looked at money as an avenue of God's activity in his life. So. If God's good is moving in your life, action or activity, then money is God in action or God's good in action in your life. And then he says, uh, if you've been taught that money is evil and acquiring it, it should be avoided. Think about it. Money will enable you to go places you cannot go and do the things you cannot do without it. Why? Because it's a means of exchange. Uh, you know, you don't work for money as much as you, you work for the ability to use utilize money to exchange it for the services and things you desire. So, you know, the money shows up as light bill money shows up as residence money shows up as transportation money shows up as clothes money shows up as food you can't eat money literally you can't literally live under money you can't drive money what it but what it symbolizes is god's abundance and it's a means of exchange for the things that you say you desire so if you have a hang-up about money That hang up will trip you up because if you believe that somehow money is evil or wrong or bad, then what will end up happening is if you believe that you are supposed to be honest, good and righteous, then your subconscious mind will push away from you that which is inconsistent with your sense of identity. So you can't be a prosperous thinker and think money is evil or bad. Or all rich folks are bad. Or all rich folks are evil. You know, because what we end up doing is we, we know, you know, especially in the United States, we have a tendency to down wealthy people and worship them at the same time. And neither one is right. You know, there are people who have money who are highly ethical, and there are people who have money who are not not highly ethical. There are people who have no money who are highly ethical. And there are people who have no money who are highly unethical. There are people who have a little mo- money who are highly ethical. And there are people who have a little money that are highly unethical. People. It's called living. Therefore, you're going to bump across people who are uh You know, good lawyers and bad lawyers, good doctors and bad doctors, in a sense of their skill or their character or whatever. Because some some people don't have the skill. Some people don't have the character. Some don't have either. Some have both. So when we understand that concept, um, let's not see somebody who does something and because they have wealth, we all of a sudden start making people um, evil. Instead of saying, okay, what that person is doing might not be what i consider um whatever but at the same time they have to live their life and you live yours now if what they're doing is interfering with your life then you have some choices to make that's why we have freedom and you know at least in the you know uh you know i don't want to get into that moving on page 40 Since God is everywhere present, that means God is in everything. His substance is the stuff out of which everything is made. There is nothing but this one substance. Now, this is just talking about it from the basic understanding that the the universal primal element or or substance, as they would say, that supports, sustains, and maintains all visible and invisible um, manifestation. It's substance. It's this idea in the mind of God of perfect form. It's this invisible mind essence. I just like to call it the 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 possibility and potentiality of God. Out of this raw possibility and potentiality, anything can be shaped. Out of the no thing, anything can come forth. So, so for it to be, it has to be no thing so it can be anything and, and turn into something. And money, like all other um, form, is a manifestation of the one primal element, possibility, or potentiality. All right, moving on. He goes on to say, yet again, because money is a medium of exchange, it is always moving. Always moving. So, in other words, it was created to circulate. Now, circulate does not necessarily mean diminish. because Money can circulate and expand. That's in you know. That's how businesses grow. That's how investment works. Um, you know, or, or ROI and things of that nature, return on investment, etc. So, always moving does not mean diminishing. So, if money is moving and diminishing, then that being means it's being spent instead of circulated. Reverend Ike would always say that the never word for, uh, for that you never use for money is spend. He said the word we should use is circulate. Now, you can take that or leave it however you choose to work with it. The thing about that he was trying to drive home is never think, excuse me, that you're getting rid of money. You're just circulating it. And anything that circulates comes back to the sender. All right. So the author goes on to say on page 40, if money is God in action, then it is God who is constantly moving money and causing all manner of good things to happen. What I would say by that is, it's just the activity of God showing up as we can understand it. If God is good all the time and God is omnipresence, omnipotence, omniscience, all of that means and when it's all said and done is that we are one with this universal Intention, principle, divine law that seeks to express itself as what we call good, health, wholeness, vitality, energy, vigor, abundantly so. But we have to get in alignment with that. All right. So. Uh, He talks a little bit on page 41 about using money for good purposes. I think if you're listening to this show, I don't think I really have to um, teach that. You're listening to a show like this because you're already in alignment or or working to be in alignment with the truth of who you are. Page 42. I believe my good is now freely flowing to me so bountifully I cannot use it all. And I have an abundance to spare and share today and always. Yet again, he said, he wrote, check up on what you believe about your good. Believe that your good is flowing freely. Not only is it flowing freely, but so bountifully that you cannot possibly use it all. Now, just think about if you really had a life where prosperity, money, income was so good, it was so freely, so bountifully expressing He's like, man, how can I use all these good blessings that I have? I have more than enough to spare and share, not just today, but always, which means not only do I have more than enough to take care of what I want and desire, but I also can be a blessing to others because I'm so abundantly blessed myself. Who would you help right now? Would you? What would you do for the people who have loved and supported you, and worked with you, and forgiven you, and shown you grace through the years? Uh, What would you do if this was right now? It's a truth, but if it was a fact in your experience, because that gets you to your why. You know, who would you bless? Who would you write a check and say, hey, take a trip to, you know, Aruba for a couple of weeks? I know you always wanted to go see the pyramids. I know you always wanted to go see the Great Wall of China. Hey, I know you always um, wanted to do X, Y, and Z. Hey, I know these kids really want to spend a week in Disney World. They had the freedom to do it. The freedom to do it. All right. Back to the book. In the uh, in that second paragraph, of the right in the middle of the last last paragraph, on page forty-two of my book, in the middle it says, "Secondly, talking about um, don't be greedy." I'll just read first all of it. Please do not think that I'm talking about being greedy. Far from it. In the first place, you are seeking to demonstrate for yourself only that what you want for everyone else as well secondly this my part it is right for you to have plenty more than enough is far better than never having enough i love that more than enough is far better than never having enough more than enough is far better than never having enough if you've ever been in a place of not having enough you know exactly what he means when he wrote that You have to make sure that you have no hang-ups about having more than enough. No hang-ups. No guilt about doing well and other people aren't doing well around you. Because, again, it's easier to pull someone out of the hole than it is to push them out. You get out first. Then you can be a blessing for others. You know, Bill Gates is probably given away 10 15 billion dollars to charity so far and already donated to his charities probably 20 more that haven't even been used yet from a business he started with a friend of his in a garage all right he says on page 43 there's something wonderful about sharing those with whom you share are blessed. But giving leads to receiving, and more will come back to you also. All right. So moving on. It says, I am expecting unexpected income. It says, you may think that since you are using the prayer treatment, and especially if you're expecting to be financially blessed, then it is not really unexpected income. However, even though you expect it, the manner in which it comes is unexpected. You need not be concerned with how. It is coming, but believe and expect that it will. The unexpected is I don't know how God is going to show up as unexpected income in my life, but I know that it will happen. So he goes on to state when you declare the prayer treatment affirmations, universal substance will work for you, and you have every right to expect financial and other. Wonderful surprises to come to you. So not only are you opening yourself up to financial blessings and unexpected income, but when you open yourself up to this type of consciousness, all type of other new good stuff uh, will manifest in your life. If you open to it, as you open the floodgates, you let all the blessings through. Health blessings, peace blessings, love blessings, joy blessings, work blessings, business blessings. Family blessings blessings All right So I'm going to transition over to chapter 7 just the beginning of it um just to stay on pace so chapter 7 is accept it now accept it now and it's from the prayer out of the prayer treatment the part that says I believe God is giving this to me now and I accept this as truth and give thanks Mm. I believe God is giving this to me now and I accept this as truth and give thanks. So all that you just stated, you're saying, I believe God is giving this to me. I believe I accept this true that God is giving this to me when now, not tomorrow, not next year, not five years from now when your action plan finally comes into play. But God is the source of your supply now. And he says, and I accept this as truth, and because I accept it as truth, I can give thanks. Thank you, God. All right. So he says always belief as always, belief plays an important part in the achieving of good results. Having established that God is the source of all supply, including yours, is essential to Believe that God, the source is giving to you what you ask for in the form of your desires. So in other words, my good isn't going to show up in a way that I don't, that I, that's not good for me and my soul. Let me just make it plain on a way that I don't understand or can't comprehend. At whatever level I am on, God as good and prosperity can meet me there. Whatever level I'm on. That's the part you have to get, because sometimes people think you have to be a mystic to get this stuff. Whatever level I'm on, whatever level you're on, God can meet us. That's just the way it works. That's that's the real amazing grace. So it looks like we've come to our time for our second break. So we'll be right back with Truth Transforms.
3: Do you ask with childlike wonder, what is the nature of God? Who is Jesus? What is the Christ? How do we know what we know? When you ask these or other heart-centered questions about the non-physical, intangible aspects of life, you are, on some level, a student of metaphysics. New from Unity House and nearly five years in the making, Heart-Centered Metaphysics, a deeper look at Unity teachings is now available. This is Paul Hasselbeck, author of this quintessential study guide. Enjoy a deeper exploration of universal spiritual principles and truths, whether you're just starting or have been seeking for years. Each thought-provoking chapter of Heart Center Metaphysics speaks to truth seekers like you, providing essential tools to help elevate your consciousness and create spiritual transformations in your outer life and circumstances. Order your copy today from the Unity Online Store at www.unity.org. Then click on Shop.
1: been listening to truth transforms with reverend galen mcdowell if you have questions or comments about today's program or if you'd like to join in on the discussion email us at truth transforms at unity.fm now back to truth transforms
2: all right welcome back to truth transforms i'm on the first page of chapter seven of the book how to have unexpected income so he goes on to write it is also important to affirm and accept That God is giving it to you. It is important to affirm and accept. See, I like those two words, affirm and accept. Because sometimes we can affirm it, but that doesn't mean we've mentally accepted it. I have to accept that it's for me. I have to accept that it's for me. That's why sometimes it is good to just say prosperity is my birthright. In other words, it's for me. It's for me. God's good is for me. God's abundance is for me. God's divine health is for me. God's peace is for me. And he says, while surely you want others to be blessed, it is vital to focus on receiving God's blessings for yourself as well. So make sure you get yours as you're helping others. That's all I'll say about that. Make sure you get yours. Don't neglect yourself. No one is asking you to be a martyr for truth a martyr for your family, a martyr for your church, a martyr for your political affiliation, a martyr for anything. Authentically, anytime a person is working from purpose and being guided by spirit, you'll do the things that you need to do and they'll be in alignment with what's right for you. But you don't have to be anybody's martyr. You know, sometimes we guilt ourselves into Helping everyone else and not taking care of ourselves. All right. He says uh, on the next page You certainly do not want your good to pass you by, so affirm and accept that you deserve all of the rich good that God has for you. Not some, all. you know, believe me, as I'm reading this and teaching this, this book is speaking to me. Because I know I can qualify. Well, I gotta do this and gotta do that and this I have to take care of this and gotta be responsible for that and da 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 and lose the context of I deserve all the rich good that God has for me. I deserve it all. I deserve it all. And that's the culture in which this ministry, Christ Universal Temple, was created. Reverend Coleman taught us that way all it, it, you know she would say you know uh you know your name your good has your name on it you know you, she was like you can't get my good and, you know I just love the way she used to say it. you can't get my good if my good has my name on it it belongs to me that's what she was saying it, it belongs to me So the author goes on to write, believe that what what you declare is true. Again, you got to accept it. There is no room for doubt. There is no room for doubt. How many times in the Bible is it written in one way or another, fear not, or if you do not doubt, or have faith? Because it was conditioning us to let go of the fear, let go of the doubt. Let go of the frustration, let go of the anxiety, and have faith in God as the source or whatever it is that you are seeking to demonstrate. Since there is no room for doubt, you either believe or you do not. Have faith in what you declare and accept that it is true. Then give thanks and be sincerely grateful. In other words, you got to get in the feeling of gratefulness if you received it physically. Or when somebody gives you a gift that you really are happy about, what is the feeling that you get? You have to learn how to intentionally invoke a feeling of gratitude because you know that once spirit has has given you the revelation and you have the realization of that revelation, then it is really yours. You say, well, I don't have it out in manifestation yet. If you have the realization, you can bet your bottom dollar. realization will manifest you already have it once you have the realization so you can thank god for what you grasped mentally just like you would if somebody gave you the whatever it is that you really like and you were so grateful and humble because someone thought of you in such high regard that they got you the one thing that you really really wanted Alright, so it goes back to the prayer All channels of financial supply are open to me now And I am richly, bountifully, and beautifully prospered In every good way mm. All. Ch- I'm just going to read that again All channels, all streams All conduits, all vessels All channels of financial supply are open to me now. And I am invoking the name of our spiritual identity. I am. I am richly, bountifully, and beautifully prospered in every good way. And he talks about a person who started using this treatment who ended up manifesting some money and then even a All expense trade paid trip To Hawaii for his wife and himself Now It doesn't matter how As long as It's again above the board Legal and things of that nature What really counts Is developing the consciousness So the author goes on to say There is significance in placing No limits on the channels through which Your financial supply may come You have to be open And receptive that God can use anyone and anything to demonstrate as your prosperity. All right. He says it is also empowering to think of yourself as being prospered richly, bountifully, and beautifully. That means your prosperity is, is, is so expressive that it also shows up as beauty. Because Beautiful things, when you see, when you go into places, you see uh, restaurants and hotels or homes or cars or whatever. It's not, it's not a materialistic mind that says, Oh my God, look at that stuff. But you know the difference between with something of beauty invokes a beautiful painting, landscaping that's then divine order and precise and everything's where it's supposed to be. That invokes a sense of beauty. And it feels good to be in that consciousness. So when you walk in and you see something and you're around this beauty and and, and people dressed up and, and to the nines and looking good and all of that stuff, it invokes something differently in you. So you want your prosperity to show up like that. Beautifully. He goes on to write. The universe has unfathomable riches just waiting to be claimed, just waiting, just waiting. You know, uh the kingdom is waiting to be brought into expression. So then he asks a question on page 48 that I think that we really need to ask ourselves. How do you want to be prospered? What do you want? How do you want to be prospered? What does prosperity mean to you? How do you want it to show up in your life? How do you want to be prospered? I get that other people may want different things, but how do you want it? He wrote, will you be satisfied with just a small increase, only mediocre amounts, which you prefer, on the other hand, to be prospered in large amounts? Believe that you deserve nothing less than the abundance of the richest blessings that the universe can offer. I want it all. Whatever God in through and ask me, uh, has for me. I want it. Until my cup is running over. It says, when you begin receiving more of the rich good the universe has for you. Your prosperity will also be beautiful as you accept only the best. You will be prospered in every good way. Accept only the best. In other words, don't let people give you your hammy downs If you don't want it, don't accept it. It says, to be beautifully prospered is far more exciting than some kind of dull, limited prosperity. Dull, limited. In other words, we put all these restrictions on us. When God is limitless, It's just something to ponder. Something to ponder. So I'm going to stop here in this chapter. Next week we'll do chapters 8 and 9. So continue to work with the book. Continue to say the prayer treatment at least every morning and every evening. If you can add a few more times during the day, do that. Continue to read the book. Work with it. Pray with it. Allow yourself to contemplate what these words are saying to you because it does matter in the long run. What is being stated? Because, again, a book doesn't have to be very thick, and it doesn't have to use a lot of theological terms to get to the point. This book has a laser beam focus. How do you develop a prosperity consciousness that will show up as expected and unexpected good income? And and, and the glory of God expressing in your life, world, and affairs. Is laser beam. So, you know, a lot of books might cover a lot more material, but this book is laser beam. So when you're working on a particular thing, then you need to focus on that thing. So, for instance, if you were um, injured and you had to go to a rehabilitation center or have one of the rehabilitation people come to your home to work with you, say, on a particular leg. So if they're rehabbing the left knee, why are they spending time helping you develop your elbow? They would say, "Okay, all of the exercises are you for you to get this leg strong. We're not talking about what's happening in your shoulder. I'm here to help you get your leg strong. And this book and these uh, episodes are for one reason uh, are dedicated to one thing rather. To help develop a consciousness of prosperity. That's it. That's what we're talking about. How to have unexpected income. That's how it works. In that consciousness, God bless you. And I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms.
0: Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on a Course in Miracles with lisa natoli and bill free every friday at 2 p.m central here on unity online radio the voice of an awakening world
3: many of us have heard someone say i've learned my lesson i'll never do that again all too rarely do we hear that was a wonderful lesson I'm glad it happened just the way it did, even though I was uncomfortable going through it. I now understand why I experienced the pain. With this new awareness, I can change my behavior so I won't make the same mistake in the future. We bear a good part of the responsibility for creating both the positive and the negative situations we experience in daily life. Wisdom comes from understanding the result of our choices and realizing that we can always choose differently. By fearlessly confronting the role you play and the experiences you may have judged as mistakes in your life, you can make future experiences fruitful and increase your wisdom. This law of life is brought to you by Unity. To find
0: a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org.